Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Heart Health Radio now, a two-hour radio program. If you're tuning in on the radio in Raleigh, we're two hours uh, on the uh, on the Apple Podcasts. We're a good two hours. Yeah, Doctor Franklin Weefald here in the studio. We're going to talk about medicine today, as opposed to last week. We talked about other stuff, home improvements. I don't know Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Yeah, uh, let me let me try to explain because the Michigan, no Detroit mayor. Yeah. Was going to get sixty five thousand doses of the J and J vaccine, and he turned them down. He said, "Don't bring them to Detroit." He didn't. Yeah, and I want to make sure everybody understands that the J and J vaccine is a wonderful vaccine. Now, what's the problem? Is that the Moderna and the Pfizer are supposedly 92% effective, okay. but the j and is only 75% effective. Now, what does that really mean? Okay, in the studies that they did, they gave the vaccine to thousands of people, and they gave the, vaccine, uh, uh, the placebo vaccine to thousands of people. And of all the cases that, they, that people wound up in the study getting COVID, 92% were in the placebo group. Okay. okay. So only 8% in the Pfizer and the uh, Moderna group who got COVID had had the vaccine. Okay. Now, J&J was behind uh, in time. Right. So when they did their study of the people in the study who got COVID, 75% were in the placebo group and 25% were in the COVID, I mean, in the vaccine group. Right. But remember one thing, the J&J also would, was done in the South African variant era right. and in the British variant era. And right. so now we know that the Pfizer and J&J vaccine, no, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are less effective uh, against those variants. So you can't really compare them. It's it's comparing apples to right. oranges. The right. oranges being those tough and nasty variants. Now, the most important thing to remember about any vaccine is that you can still get the illness. So flu vaccines, some year they're 75% effective. Right. Some year they're only 30% effective. But why should you get the vaccine anyway? Because if you've gotten the vaccine on the by and by large, you get a less serious infection. Right. So the the J and J had data that the Pfizer and Moderna can't match. And that is the people who got the J and J vaccine had far fewer hospitalizations, but not only that, nobody died. So nobody died of the virus right. who got the J and J vaccine. So if I'm offered Johnson and Johnson's vaccine Take it in a heartbeat. Take it in a heartbeat. A heartbeat. Be, be, because it, it's, 
it's as effective? I think so. If you now, and again, unlike Dr. Fauci, I don't like to make predictions because my major prediction about how bad this would be for this country was just totally wrong. Right. And I don't think people should be making predictions because, I mean, this has just been a crazy pandemic where it's defied logic in some way. But what I'm saying is I'll bet you – and more than likely, that if they did the um, study now, yes, J and J versus Moderna, I bet they would be very similar. Because remember, the J and J was tested, tried and true before the South African variant was huge, right? And the J and J got a ton of South African variant exposures during the trial, mm-hmm. so. Now, you know, what is Fauci said? He thinks that the Pfizer and Moderna are probably 75% effective against the South African variant. It's not 92%. Right. So the, the advantages of J&J, you don't have to store it at minus 80. And number two, it was proven 75% effective with one, as they say in Britain, one jab. They yes. don't say shot. Yeah, jab. Jab. Take it. Yeah. And I think the Detroit, or do you say Detroit? Detroit. You say Detroit, I yeah. say Detroit. Yeah. I think he's wrong. <laughs> I'm not right. going to give him the shame. Right. Because he's listening to quote unquote experts that it's quote unquote less effective. Right. But take it if you can have it. And and I would I choose it over Moderna? Uh, I, I, if whatever one I could get first. Yeah. So yeah. if you're out there listening, don't believe the people who say it's less effective. If you get the J&J vaccine, you're going to be in that group who got a vaccine and not died from COVID. And that's amazing right. Right. when you think about it. We're still losing 1,400 people a day. That's just awful. Although our numbers are down. This is nationally. Yeah, they're going down. The numbers are going down, but it's still high like it oh, was it's October. Terrible. It's terrible. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah, just this too uh, many. winter surge um, was worse than anybody predicted, I think. Right. I mean, you know, they all said when we all finally get together and sing the Christmas carols and all that. Did you have a Christmas party? No. I didn't either. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we did not. Yeah, what we did in the off what we had the best Christmas party. So a year not this past year, but a year before, we rented out um American Legion Hall. Yeah. And we had uh a DJ and we had um have you ever seen a photo booth? Sure. Yeah, where you can yeah. dress up in these costumes and it's a mirror. It's called the magic mirror. Yeah. And we danced and everything. I miss that. Right. So that's one of the things that I hope we can get back to soon because we're a social you know, animal. We love to get together. Why? Because that's how we get a, a large part of the, the wonder in our lives mm-hmm. is being a social animal. All right. So on today's show, we're going to talk about a prediction from Dr. Fauci that – the vaccine might have a limited lifespan that is protect you're protected for a certain period of time and and not afterward uh we're going to talk about women's symptoms good news about migraines and we're going to talk about uh the idea that doctors are becoming dog groomers now when i saw the headline for this yeah. doctors becoming dog groomers what well, what could that 
And well, apparently, I mean, the, your yeah. business, the the business yeah. of being a doctor is yeah. taking a hit. Well, it, it's coming back. I used to see 40 people on average a day. Yeah. I'm up to 30. But during the bad – and I still probably get mm, six, seven cancellations a day. Really? And it's from people who are, number one, exposed or right. at high risk or symptoms. And those people who say, look, I'm not ready to come back to the office because I'm afraid – you're going to get it now. In yeah. the, I'm going to get it from somebody. And we are very careful. Okay, so we call everybody and we ask them if they've had COVID-like symptoms in the last 15 days. Mm-hmm. And if they've been exposed, if they've had any reason to get a COVID test and what that COVID test showed. So we screen very carefully. Now, we're doing something that we thought would be effective but is not really effective. And that's taking temperatures. When they come in. And so you you slide open the glass door, you stick your head through, and we put that infrared thing on your forehead. Oh, okay. But the only people who have gotten in my office and been COVID positive were asymptomatic. So they answered no to all the questions. Right. Except one person lied. Oh, yeah. And they went to church, and the church had 15 people test positive. And then they came and said, well, I didn't think I should have to tell you that because I don't have any symptoms. Uh-huh. So I swabbed her and she was positive. Now, nobody got COVID in my office. Not right. one single person has been traced to my office getting COVID. And for a while there, before I got the vaccine, I was testing myself every week because and the last person in the world I wanted to be, the asymptomatic carrier. Oh, yeah. I was seeing 30 people a day. And so I wear my mask in the office. Um, it's very difficult now because I have to read lips in order to really understand. Right. And so every now and then I'll ask somebody to take their mask down so I can understand what they're saying. High frequency hearing loss is a terrible thing. I know it. And that's what I have. Uh, the neurons in my high frequency receptors are dead. And, you know, that's been – people have discovered that they have hearing loss mm-hmm. during COVID. Yeah. Because they can't understand what people are saying. And they don't realize they were using lip reading to also understand along with the sounds. Why would doctors become dog groomers? Okay. So if you look at radiology, for example, uh-huh. radiology is dependent upon um, a, uh, uh, elective studies. So elective CT scans, elective MRIs, sure. elective uh, X-rays when you ache. And some practices are down 40% in their elective studies. So there's a woman in uh, California who was in a big radiology practice, and she was last hired, first let go. Now, she's on a furlough. So she said, well, you know, there's all these online radiology practices where I can sit in my office and they send something from India or they send something from Africa. And on the internet, and I can read the study, yeah. and then I can send it back. Okay. So she quit after being enrolled in this program because she was supposed to read 9,200 studies for $2,000 a month. Now, on the average, a radiologist, for example, gets 80 bucks for a CAT scan. Now, that's what the radiologist gets. The radiology practice for a CAT scan gets 1,000. I mean, that's why. Yeah, yeah. There are independent radiology practices not associated with the hospital because the hospital will get the facility fee or the, the technical fee. 
And the radiology practice will get the technical fee plus an additional physician's fee. So, for example, when I do an ultrasound of the heart, Mm -hmm. I get a whole lot more than if I'm in the hospital reading the studies because the hospital gets it. So even if you look at the smaller physician's fee, she would have gotten $920,000 on average from reading 9,200 studies. I don't know any radiologist in my social group or business group or practice area, you know, uh, yeah. region who reads 9,200 studies a month. It's ridiculous. Right. She got 2,000 for it. So she quit. And now she's a mom and she's homeschooling her kids. Um, there are several physicians who were in emergency rooms. Believe it or not, everybody thinks emergency rooms are rock solid packed. They're not. And urgent care centers, right. way down. Some are not way down, um, but a lot of them are. So these doctors are being furloughed. And so what are they doing? They're working in, um, uh, let's see, what are they working in? Uh, dog grooming places. Uh, they're working in hardware stores. They're working, you know, any job they can get. You pull up to the drive-through, yeah, and there's your kid's pediatrician. Well, I, you remember Elvis? I, you know, I, I know Elvis is alive because yeah. I saw, saw him at the drive-through. Well, now I know my doctor's still alive because he oh handed me he handed me my fries, and then had a touchless uh, payment system. You know, I got it. Uh, I get two, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If my cardiologist was at the drive-thru, he wouldn't say, would you like fries with this? He would probably say something like, Mr. Alexander, I don't think you really want fries with this. We have sliced apples. <laughs> right. We have healthier options well, available you know, for I, you. When I take my kids – well, I took them. They were young to McDonald's and the, the – uh, Happy Meal option was extra fries or uh, a thing of sliced apples. Yeah. There was no question they were going to get the extra fries. <laughs> so that's how I raised my kids, and yeah, okay. that's probably wrong. All right. Well, listen, if you want to jump in on this conversation or any other you hear on the radio, or if you've got a question about your own health, 919-860-9783 is the telephone number. Shame coming up. You ought to see what people are saying. You ought to hear what folks are saying, and they're saying it is wrong. Uh, that's coming up on the shame segment on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio. Our telephone number, 919-860-9783. Call anytime. And uh, get up on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, we love it. Um, when you call, don't be afraid. We're not going to, you know, your voice will sound good on the radio. Oh, yeah. And the questions that we've gotten are surprise, not surprisingly, but are amazingly great questions. And I think that your questions help, you know, what we're trying to do on this show, which is educate, um, get people to stop thinking in the wrong way. And to accept the fact that modern medicine is a great thing and you don't have to believe the stuff you read on Facebook about how crazy the world is. Now, I have found a couple of articles this week or have been made aware about a couple of articles that one one said – it was from a, a website called Best Life, um, you know, sort of a lightweight article. Of, the whole website is sort of, you know – Quasi health and medicine, and right. it says 
that you will – if you drink this, you'll become resistant to antibiotics. And Craziness. it was And it was artificial sweetener. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is that they do some studies here and there. And in a laboratory petri dish, some yeah. scientists will add aspartame to a – a bunch of bacteria in a dish and then add amoxicillin and say, well, you know, it didn't quite kill the the amoxicillin, didn't quite kill the bacteria as well. And then they'll translate that into don't drink aspartame. And, you know, there's no data. There's nothing to tell you that this is true. And so what's going to happen, don't go rushing off and drinking a sugared cola instead of a diet Coke. Right. Because there's no evidence of this. And sugar is so bad for you. Um, I've been harping on this for a long time. And sugar does so many bad things for your body. Of course, you know, I'm drinking a sugared Mountain Dew right now. Um, But sugar causes inflammation. Um, There's some evidence. Again, I'm not going to say this is true, that the more sugar you eat, the, the more susceptible you may be to the bad covid Infections because of higher doses of higher levels of inflammation. Right. So don't believe that. Don't believe that at all. I mean, that's just one of the things that um, I would call fake news. There was another article that said that uh, niacin, which is B three or something like yeah, that, yeah, B three, and the, would, it, yeah, it would save you from a bunch of things. Yeah, heart disease and you know, dying of cancer. There is no evidence for this. And let me tell you, niacin can hurt you. Um, there was a medicine that came out that was a slow-release niacin. Yeah. And why was a slow-release? Because you take a bunch of niacin and you are going to flush. And I mean your face is going to turn red. Yeah. And the other problem with niacin is it can really hurt your liver. Um, you know, that's one of the things they said about statins. Don't take a statin. It can hurt your liver. Well, niacin, which is a quote-unquote natural compound in very high doses, which is what it takes to lower your um, your uh, cholesterol, yeah. it lowers the LDL and it raises the HDL. So they made a prescription brand. And guess what? When it was finally studied in the right way, a randomized, double-blind, controlled study they gave Half the thousands and thousands of people, this controlled release, high-dose niacin, mm-hmm. and they gave the other placebo. It wasn't hard to tell who got the niacin yeah. because they all flushed. And guess what? What? Didn't help. It lowered – I mean it raised the HDL, but just as many people in both arms got heart attack. So that medicine is off the market because it didn't work. Right. So don't rush off. And start gobbling niacin or vitamin B3. They may hide it on the bottle and call it B3. Yeah. It's going to make you much more likely to get sick than it is to get well. The the article did a kind of a weird thing. And I I just want to spotlight just half a second here. What it did was it claimed that there were responsible – one of them was a link to the Mayo Clinic. Mm. said the Mayo Clinic determined that, you know, niacin will help you beat X, Y, and Z. Don't believe it. Well, what it was was, okay, if you're niacin deficient, mm-hmm. right, you can get this, you can get this right. disease. Right, and we've seen this with vitamin D. So right. people who are vitamin D deficient get 
when they get COVID, they have a higher risk of having a serious complication from the COVID. Right. Well, then they said, let's supplement everybody with vitamin D. And they did that study, and the people who got supplemented with vitamin D did not get protected from a serious COVID illness. Now, what does that mean? It probably means that people who have a natural low vitamin D have some sort of defect in their body that they can't absorb vitamin D. I mean, you go out in the sun yeah. and you let the sun hit your arms every second or so, and somebody who knows this real, 25,000 units of vitamin D are produced in your skin. Yeah. And they they estimate, again, this is not racist. Don't call me up and say I'm a racist. But this is why they think that people in northern latitudes don't have as much melanin because the skin needs to absorb as much UV radiation as possible uh-huh. in the north because you produce your own vitamin D. People who live toward the equator have more melanin because that protects them from the direct rays of the um, of the UV light and they produce just as much vitamin D but they don't get as much uh, a chance of skin cancer. So again, there might be something wrong with people who have a low vitamin D level that makes them susceptible to a bad case of COVID. But giving them vitamin D didn't help. Right. So it's the same thing. The Mayo Clinic says those that are uh, niacin deficient or B3 deficient are at higher risk for certain illnesses. But again, that doesn't mean if you take some, it makes you less susceptible. And so that's where the strangeness in medicine, I mean, it makes perfect sense in your mind that if you give yourself what you're deficient in, you'll be better. Right. Um, right. And it doesn't work that way. I'm deficient. You know, if, if I didn't drink my water every day. I, w- I would be right. I would be so in terrible water shape. And you're better. I'd be in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. But drinking two gallons of water every day probably is not going to improve my outlook. Yeah, really? I've seen. Well, yeah. I mean, you drink enough water, and what do they recommend now? Eight glasses a day. I don't recommend that for people with heart failure because what happens to them is they fill up with fluid. They fill up with fluid more yeah. often. So before you go off and drink eight glasses of water a day, make sure you um, don't have kidney failure or weak kidneys. Make sure you don't have heart failure. So it's the same deal. And I can't tell you the number of people who have heart failure who come in fluid overloaded every time. And most people don't ask that question. How much water are you drinking? And they're drinking too much water. Not enough time to get into it right now before we have to take a break. But Dr. Fauci says Mm. that you might have six months of immunity after getting the shot or the shots. Another prediction. And you're not a big fan of his predictions. No. And, and you know, that's the problem. It, it, we should never make tried and true predictions in this. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com, and you can participate in the show every Saturday from noon until 2 by calling 919-860-9783. You wanted to talk today about Weight Watchers. Yeah. Are they catching up to the no-no diet? Uh, Let me tell you, Weight Watchers is pretty successful. Um, I've got personal experience. My physician's assistant 
uh, way back when, about 15 years ago, lost 100 pounds on Weight Watcher. Wow. Um, now, how does Weight Watchers work? Back then, they didn't care about the type of food you ate. They had a points system. Yeah. So people would have these books, and they would read an apple, and that was 100 points. Okay. And you were supposed to have – and again, I can't remember how many points a day you're supposed to have. But what it was was caloric restriction. Now, what does that mean? It means that most humans I – I used to eat 4,000 calories a day. It was uh-huh. just a tremendous amount of food. I never gained weight. So I had something in my gut that wouldn't let me absorb calories. Um, but about 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day is what the average person eats. So it would be down to 1,400 calories or 1,300 calories. So yeah. once you got your points, you'd spread them out, I guess, and you'd lose weight and you'd lose weight over time. Well, now they've wised up a little bit and understand that um, the types of things that we talk about, which are sugar and white flour products and white rice and white potatoes, now they've assigned those extra points yeah. because they realize that there is a thing called the glycemic index or the amount of sugar sugar equivalents that you take. Remember, a slice of Wonder Bread yeah. is f- equivalent to five teaspoons full of sugar. And people just don't realize that. And, and sugary things, simple carbohydrates, are what's turned into fat. So my diet recommendations are greens and meat are what you should eat. Right. And don't no, no, white flour products like biscuits, bread, and things like that, and sugar. And they both work pretty well um, if you're willing to restrict your calories. Now, when you hear a diet plan that says you can eat – Whatever type of food you eat, yeah, I want to put in very small quantities. Right, right, right. And so sure. you have to make a choice. And I did uh, Nutrisystem. Okay, you, that's the really? one Marie Osmond yeah. recommends. And I did Nutrisystem, and I lost weight. But man, the portions were small. Yeah, and I was so <laughs> hungry all the time. Yeah. And so you can do it with caloric restriction. Now, remember Supersize Me? That was a movie yeah. where a guy went and got supersized from McDonald's every meal, and he gained 50 pounds in a month, and he felt like, you know what? Yeah. So another lady said, well, wait a minute. One of the nice things about Mickey D's is that everything you eat tells you the number of calories uh-huh. that are in that particular serving. Yeah. And so you know what you did? She went on the McDonald's diet, and she went there for breakfast, lunch, and supper, and she limited her intake to twelve to 1,300 calories a day, and in three months, she lost 50 pounds. Now, did she have sweets? Yeah. Did she have the cookies? Yeah. Did she have the Big Macs with bread? Yeah. But the way she did it was caloric restriction. Now, what she could have tried, and I'm sure that people have tried, is get that stuff at McDonald's like a Big Mac. Yeah. And eat only the greens and meat. Mm, Throw yeah. away the bun. Yeah. So I've had some people who have done the no-no or no-no equivalents, <laughs> that's right. what I call them, which would be um, you know, diets that, that exclude the white flour sugar products. And so they'd go to, for example, Burger King. Uh-huh. And I tell you, do you like uh, the Whoppers? No, you I ever, actually don't. You don't? I, no, no, no. Oh, I love a Whopper. Yeah? But they would eat a Whopper without the bread. So they'd yeah. take off the bun and they'd eat the Whopper and they actually lost weight. Not driving, of course. You right. know, I'm just saying. Yeah. You can't you eat when you drive? 
Yes, I do. I do too. It's terrible. Of course, of course and you know why I do. it's terrible for me? Why? Because I spill that juice and yeah, sauce I'm, all over no, 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 my you, sweatshirt. And you can't have you can't just eat the meat and cheese. Well, and, and the you sauce. can if you don't mind your stinger, fingers being sticky. <laughs> you know. No, I'm just. I, so is Weight Watchers on your? Uh, yeah, on your I think good Weight list? Watchers works. But remember, yeah. you're going to be hungry. Okay. Yeah, I. You because know, I've caloric managed, restriction. I've managed to figure out how to lose weight. You know how you lose weight? You don't eat. I, I don't eat so much. Yeah. I just. Well, I here's look another. At what I used here's another way. I don't eat it. Yeah. Caloric restriction can happen. Yeah. It's called portion control. Sure. And the problem we have, and I've talked about this before, is you've got your mother uh, in the back of your head with a. A wooden spoon yep. about to hit you across the, the ears because you didn't finish your plate. Yeah. And so finishing your plate is one of the ways that we get fat. And that's because you eat too many calories. When you're full, yeah. stop. And the other thing to do is just remember what you used to put on your plate and cut it in half. Or better yet, yeah, have somebody serve you. So in your family, and this is not the sexist thing. Oh, let's reverse it. Okay. Yeah, Suppose okay. you're a woman who wants to lose weight. All right. Have your husband put your food on your plate. Oh, really? And oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't slowly. like him. I don't want him putting my food on my plate. Right. And or the other way around. If I you're know. if you're an overweight <laughs> man, that pig. Have your wife or partner. he shouldn't complain about my weight anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. I almost he's got not in taking trouble. care of himself. I almost either. got in trouble. We'll reverse it. Okay. The fat husband. <laughs> Uh, have the wife uh, put your portions down. Have your daughter put your portions down. And then if you're full, even with the smaller portion, don't finish it. Now, the other thing people don't do, yeah, drink two or three glasses of water at supper when yeah. you eat the mo- or whatever meal you eat the most. That will distend your stomach and make it less likely that you're going to overeat. So portion see, control works. It's caloric restriction. See, the portion control in my family doesn't work. Because if my wife puts the food on my plate, she says, oh, I love him. I love him a lot. Let's mm-hmm. give him more. Yeah. Let's give him more food. Yeah. She really is like that. Yeah. She actually set out my plate and she had to microwave some leftovers. Yeah. And she put twice as much food on the plate. That's right. Uh, yes, it's a wonderful thing. But the I ate with, it all. You know what the problem with me is biggest is spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, you know, even when good. I'm full. I yeah. want about 10 more bites. And why is that? No, no, no. It tastes good. And it's yeah. this feedback in your brain that sort of calms you down when you're eating food that has the texture yeah. and the taste that you grow accustomed to and love. Fauci says that I'm good for about six months <sighs> on this vaccine. Okay. Is Remember that right? February in February of last year, over a year ago, he got on the news and said, COVID's not going to be a problem in the United States. Yeah. Wrong. Then he said, masks aren't going to help us. And then he said, not only wear one mask, now we got to wear two masks. The predictions and the advice have been wrong enough that what I've learned as someone who has a radio show and has some, you know, influence in the community is don't make prediction. Yeah. Because this has been the worst endemic pandemic situation where everything has gone Mm -hmm. against what we thought it would be. Remember it was six weeks and we'll be fine? 
That's right. We're, no way. And we're weeks. over a year into this. We are a year yeah. away from two weeks to flatten the yeah. curve. And I, I predicted 10,000 cases. I'm off by 100 million. And, and so there's no way to predict this. And what's he stating? Uh, what's he basing this on? And that is the drop-off in antibody levels in people who have had COVID. And here's the big mistake is that every time you see someone who's caught COVID twice, it's mm-hmm. on the news. Mm-hmm. And why yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. Things on the news are rare. Okay, so car car wrecks you don't see too much unless they're spectacular 100-car wrecks right. because they're so common. Plane wrecks, any plane wrecks oh, sure. is in the yeah. news yeah. because it's rare. You're safer in a commercial airplane than in any other form of transportation, including what? Walking across the street. Yeah. So if a, there's a plane crash, it's very spectacular. It's very rare, extremely rare to catch COVID twice. And when you do, there's something wrong with your immune system. Uh-huh. Terrible. And now you can't really tell how susceptible someone is to getting COVID again on the basis of their antibody levels. There are illnesses that we've had where our antibody levels are very small and very low. And why are we resistant to them? Because they're ignoring one of the major initial um, uh, immune system protections that we have, and that's T cells. Mm-hmm. So T cells have nothing to do with antibodies. Now, let's just go over this again. Antibodies are little teeny Y-shaped proteins that latch on to an invader like a bacteria or a virus, and they recruit other cells, macrophages and T cells, to eat up and destroy those invaders. Well, there is an initial T cell response. These T cells are called natural born killers. Remember that movie? Yeah. Humans who were natural born killers. They're called killer T cells. And they're roaming around your system. They can attack things they've never seen before, number one. And number two, there are a lot of them with memory. And we don't quite understand the memory. But they'll be around and say, wait a minute, I remember that COVID. Yeah. I'm going to eat that thing. Yeah. And they do. So the idea you can predict on the basis of previous antibody levels that drop when you've naturally had COVID versus when they drop after the vaccine, it means that we've all got to have six months and then we've got to shut up again and put our masks on and go hibernate. It's just a ridiculous prediction. Now, and what I would say is we don't know. The states, I know you don't want to predict, states are now opening back up. Yeah. Students are going back to school. Yeah. Is it time? Okay, let me let me put it this way. We cannot destroy our country any longer. Uh, and the country is being destroyed. We talked a little bit about doctors becoming yeah. dog groomers. Um, have you talked do you have any students in your family? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to college kids. I I have hired some high school kids who work in my office now because they have nothing else to do. Right. And I said, go ahead. When it's time for class, go back in the back room and open up your computer and do your classes. Right. It's about two hours a day. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And I don't know what we're doing to sacrifice over a year of education to our kids. And my daughter, thank gosh, thank God, I'll just say it, (laughs) goes to Catholic school. Yeah. They have not stopped classes. They stopped them for one week when they had eight new cases. And Mm -hmm. they said, okay, 
let's cut back for two weeks. And then they went back again. And she's there three days a week, and she's on her computer two days a week. And I've looked at her doing the computer work, and it is identical to classwork. Right. Now, we're lucky that we can afford it. We have high-speed internet. We have really, really good computers at, at home. Yeah. And it, you have to – this is what the kids do now, is that they're on Zoom. Yeah. They can block themselves in being on Zoom. And then go and have a Coke for 40 minutes and come back. Walk away. And the fine the teacher says, John, are you listening? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you can't block your Zoom in my daughter's school. You have to be there and present. And so um, we, we've got to reopen and we've got to accept the fact that we're going to get cases. And I'm going to say this now. The Hall of Shame for me every week is the teachers' unions. Of the public schools. Uh-huh. And you know who's getting hurt the most in this? It's the underprivileged. And I don't know if that's sure. a bad word now. Are we allowed to say underprivileged? You I don't even can, know what. Yes. Have you seen the pictures of, of, of young students going to Starbucks in their neighborhoods? Why? Hmm. Not to have a, a, a coffee or a $10 latte, <laughs> but to use their free internet. Right. Because they don't have the internet. How much does your internet cost a month? I have no idea. But Why? It's, more, it's at least 100 Yeah, I don't know. I used to get the um, uh, cable with my internet. But now that I've got all these apps, right. you know, I just get the internet. And it's like $90 a month. Yeah. But it's really fast and high speed. Sure. And a lot of underprivileged kids who live in the inner city and, don't forget, yeah. Yeah. the ones who live in the rural areas who don't have internet to begin with. That's right. So we are wasting a year of education where we say you have to take a risk. Now, have you heard of a teacher dying of COVID? No. I don't think there's a teacher in my daughter's school and, uh, who's gotten COVID from being in school. Now, there are several who've gotten COVID traced to an exposure in the community. So we've got to open up again. We've got to get these businesses back. And we have to accept the fact that there are people who are going to get COVID. Okay. And the ones who are susceptible, and you know who the number one, the number one and number two are susceptible, are know. the uncontrolled diabetics and right. the obese. Yep. And so they have to be really careful. Well, that's why I'm lowering my blood sugar and I'm trying to lose weight. And you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, telephone number here, 919-860-9783. We haven't had a phone call today. I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions at all, Dr. Weefold has never been stumped. Well, maybe once or twice. But he's almost never been stumped on either a medicine that you're taking that he can explain why. What have I been stumped on? You he got stumped on one or two. Yeah. I think the lady with the ophthalmological problem. Yeah. I mean, you're not an optometrist. Yeah. Okay. So. so there's a contest. Stump, Dr. Weefy. All right. Stop. Stump Weefy. Call us up, 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to so kick my heels up and down. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening every single week. On the shout-out today, Annie Louise Wilkerson. Did you know she has a nature reserve park, too? 
I did not know that. Well, let me let me just say this: uh, women at, at the at, Dr. Wilkerson was an OBGYN. Yes, and was it eight thousand babies she delivered? But the, <laughs> that's not what's so fantastic about her. It's that she became a prominent physician in the day when women were not doctors in general. Right. And it was it was back when it was called Wake Memorial Hospital. And she uh, was the first woman to complete an internship and in residency, and it was at Rex. And so then she went to Wake Med. Yeah. And uh, just a fantastic physician. And this was in the 19... 19- 30s and 40s, uh-huh. and I just want to shout her out because nobody can say that they did as much not only to deliver healthy children in this community, but to build up the concept that women can be just as good, if not better, physicians than men. And I, she has uh, her home is near Falls Lake. Mm-hmm. And now it's a nature preserve. I recommend that if you have the time and you have uh, um, the inclination, go see this nature park because there's lots of um, little uh, knickknacks and trivia about her. And I just can't get enough of, of her. There is on WRLL.com an article about her and there's a couple of really nice pictures of her. Mm-hmm. And she's just a fantastic lady, a fantastic doctor, and a fantastic okay. individual who right. really did a lot for our community and for medicine in general. Snoopy's on Hillsborough Street in Raleigh is oh. closing. Now, here's the thing I want to tell you. Most doctors on the radio are going to say, what, you had a hot dog? <laughs> are you crazy? And I believe that if you went to Snoopy's once a month or twice a month, you got the best hot dog in Raleigh. <laughs> now, what's happened? It's yeah. a uh, it's a COVID nineteen uh, victim, and we're yeah. losing a cultural tradition in in Wake County and in Raleigh. As Snoopy's is closing, yeah. and I let me tell you, I used to love at eleven o'clock at night, you know, ten o'clock at night, running down there and getting. Yep. What'd you get on your hot dog? I got ketchup. Yeah. Chili and onions. Oh, but they no. could do it any way you wanted. And uh, I also like hot dog stands. So there is a Lowe's that I, I go to every now and then, which is a home improvement store. Right, right, And right. the reason? They got a hot dog. They have a hot dog stand down front. <laughs> and so here's what I want to tell you. If you're on the no-no diet, I no-no is not 100% no-no. No-no is like what your mother said. No, no, no. No, but still, yeah, but every now still, and then, you yeah, know, okay. And you've got to enjoy your life. And so, yes, the enemies are what we talked about, white flour, sugar, white potatoes, and white rice. That doesn't mean that you can't do that every now and then. Now, and, and if my blood pressure is okay, a salty uh, hot dog is not that bad. You shouldn't do it all the time. Now, yeah. let me tell you an example. Uh, I had a guy the other day who's been 400 pounds and a high blood pressure thing, and I would ask him. What do you eat? I said, I don't eat anything. So I finally got his wife. He's 400 pounds. Right. Of course he does. a food diary. Yeah. And what is that? She would serve him food. Yeah. And she would secretly write down everything he had. It's six hot dogs for dinner the yeah. night before he saw me. They're small. Yeah. And so, you know, on getting his side. him on the right track is going to be a very <laughs> difficult thing. Yeah. 
And you know what I'm going to recommend he has? What? Gastric bypass surgery. Because it works and because when your stomach is shrunk because it's been sliced and diced and rearranged, you're not going to want to eat six hot dogs a night. And the other thing is that it changes the bacteria that are in your gut. So even if he overeats hot dogs, it's much less likely that those bonds are going to be turned into individual sugar molecules and then stored as fat. I'm a big believer in gastric bypass surgery for the morbidly obese. And I'm talking about body mass index is greater than 40, 350 pounders, 400 pounders. And it works. And now the the general medical community is being um, educated about how it works and how well it works. And now the fact that they can do the surgery through laparoscopic means and they do it well. Um, I highly recommend that if you're morbidly obese and you can't lose weight, that you find a doctor who believes in gastric bypass surgery and and go for it. You think the insurance companies are going to Oh, they're go paying for it? for it. Are they really? Oh, yes. And here's the problem with insurance companies. You, have you, <laughs> we don't have enough time. Well, let me – we have a few <laughs> minutes before we take the break. Have you switched your insurance from no. year to year? And no, why? No. Because you work for the state. That's right. I used to shop around. Okay, and so yeah. I would switch from United Healthcare, and then the broker would come, and I'd go back to Blue Cross Blue Shield, and then another broker would come, and I'd go to Aetna. And so the insurance companies weren't paying for procedures and for medicines that would provide a long-term benefit, right? Because they were short-term, right? I could save money by not giving out this medicine, even though in four or five years it would show a benefit. But now I think they're getting smarter. And I've stuck with Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I will say this, um, it's the best insurance I've had. Um, I got a $6,000 deductible. It's affordable. I self-insure that $6,000 deductible for my employees, and I've still made out like a bandit. Um, I'm saving $72,000 a year, and if I'd gotten a $500 deductible, it would have been way much more than an extra $72,000. And they're paying. Um, they're paying yeah. for the more expensive medicines that, for example, reduce your risk uh, of having a diabetic complication. Right. Um, and they're paying for them. And I think they're being smart because they're real, recognizing that if people really like their insurance, they're mm-hmm. going to stick with it. And not only that, their company's going to see the benefit four or five years down the line. Some of my diabetic medicine is horribly expensive. Oh, yeah. If I were to buy it. Oh, yeah. I could not afford uh, it. Uh, you know, the GLP-1 inhibitors such as Trulicity. Right. $500 a month. Right. Uh, $600 a month. That's right. Can't afford that. I can't. I could not afford the arm patch thing that I get. How much was that? Uh, this I'm is paying the, uh, 50 bucks. Really? I'm paying but 50 bucks. But how much would you have had to pay? Which one did you get? Do you remember the name? Yeah, it's... Um, no, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name too. That's all right. But anyway, it's a it's a really great thing if you're a diabetic because you stick it in your um, arm, and oh, Freestyle Libre is that That's the one it. you got? Libre. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one, Dexcom. Boy, isn't that funny how it just suddenly pours out when you can't remember? We've got to take a break. No way. This is Heart Health Radio. Another hour coming up. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio. 
Heart Health Radio. Oh, oh, oh. HeartHealthRadio.com. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation just by listening to the radio show, but even better by participating. Call in. Yeah. 919-860-9783. No question is out of bounds. Well, I mean, some. Well, I don't know. Relationship questions completely out of bounds. But medical stuff, Dr. Weefold will handle Absolutely. We're going to talk about, we're going to continue that conversation about weight loss yeah. and medical weight loss. In other words, talk to your doctor about this. Um, you know, it's funny. Because we treat high blood pressure, major health problem. Yes. We intensively treat diabetes. Right. Major health problem. But one of the worst health problems in the United States of America is morbid obesity and moderate obesity. And yet, all we ever do is sort of say, hey, stop eating this, stop eating that, walk, exercise. Yeah, but But we don't address it as a medical problem. You know, I think half of it. There is competition out there for patients. Some doctors do not want to hit you in the head with that one thing. That's your fat. That 800-pound elephant in the room, pardon the expression, that that you're saying, kid, you just got to lose weight. Right. So fat shaming is, is probably the reason why physicians are hesitant to talk about it. Now, let me tell you what I do. Um... I usually don't introduce the fact. Um, we got Yeah. I usually don't introduce the fact that we right. got to uh, that you're fat um, or be. I don't use you that just term. hint at it. You just no. I usually so, second or third. Yeah. Visit. Yeah. And I explain to them that it is a, and we know now that uh-huh. it is a metabolic problem. So I would say to them, you know, you got high blood pressure. That's a metabolic problem. I eat salt. And I eat all sorts of bad things. My blood pressure is good. Um, I don't have diabetes and I eat sugar. We're right. different. Right. I try to explain that it's a metabolic problem that needs to be addressed just like you use medicines for high blood pressure and medicines for diabetes. So maybe we need to use – we'll pick up on this in just yes, a bit. Yes, we got some callers. Medicine, medicine to – So we're going to talk about medicines that your doctor can prescribe yeah. to help you lose weight. Sue in Apex, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing, Sue? Hi there. I just had a question. Um, yes. Let's see. Regarding COVID vaccines, um, mm-hmm. my husband has had one and getting ready to have two. Great. Um, my brother has had two, um, and um, they're both you know at risk. And I, I'm in group four, so I'm waiting for <laughs> March 24th. I'm very anxious to take it. But a couple of very of close relatives and also a couple of people I work closely with in my office are not planning to get the vaccine. Yeah. Um, you know, we, am I going to, you know, I guess, does the vaccine kind of protect you fairly well against unvaccinated people or, you know, I don't want to yeah. confirm it, but what's the take on all of this? Yeah. My take on this is that un- it's unfortunate that we've had some anti-vaxxers oh, yeah. get into the uh, mainstream. Um, I think you're doing the right thing. Now, suppose there are 10 people in your office who got the vaccine and two that haven't. Um, you can't force somebody at work to get the vaccine. And why is that? 
because it's not officially approved. It's approved on an emergency basis. So the rules are, unless a vaccine is officially approved, uh, you can't exclude someone from work who hasn't had the vaccine. Um, I think you're pretty well you're pretty well re- protected as much as possible. So think about it. You, you're gonna did you get, you're gonna get the Moderna or you're gonna get? I don't know. I'll get. Yeah. The- what about Hubby? What did he get? Does he know? He must know. I'm gonna end up with. What did Hubby get? I'm sorry. What did your husband get? What what? Moderna. Uh, he got yeah. Moderna. He's waiting for the second shot. Yeah, I got two of Moderna. I think that Dave, you got Moderna, right? Yes, I did. So I think that it, Moderna is probably seventy five percent effective like the J&J, against all the strains. Okay, you heard 92%. That was the easy strain. That was the original strain. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? That means that it's going to be very unlikely. You remember that, only 25% chance of even contracting COVID. But with the vaccines, uh, the chance you're going to be hospitalized is very low, and the chance you're going to die from COVID is, in, is almost infinitesimal. I hate to use that term. It's very, very low. So... Going to work, um, I think that we will still have to wear masks until the powers that be say we've reached herd immunity. Um, But I think you can feel comfortable Mm -hmm. that you have a much lower risk than you do now of contracting COVID, but even more so, a much lower risk of getting really sick from it. That's good to know because the relative, of course, the work. Yeah. During the day, I, I go home at night. But, you know, these relatives, they might come for holidays and so forth. So. Yeah, and, and you're doing the right thing. I mean, you're protecting yourself. But not only that, I want people to know, if you're one of those people who believes that we have a duty in this country, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That's mm-hmm. JFK, mm-hmm. one of my favorite presidents, because he really believed in public service. You're doing it the country a favor by getting oh, yeah. any one of the vaccines. And so I have an American flag hanging out my uh, door. And what does that mean? It means mm-hmm. I believe in the U.S. of A. that we all chip in. And so I'm going to pat you on the back because you want that vaccine as soon as possible. And I think that's great. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Rifal. You're a great American. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Bob in West Raleigh, thank you very much for calling. What's up? What's going on, Bob? Hey, Dave. Hey. Uh, you guys wanted to talk about polychondritis. Yeah. Polychondritis, yes. Relapsing polychondritis. Let's talk about it. It's a f- But wait, but wait. But wait. I have three quick comments before yeah. we get into this. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Bob. One is, Dave, you'll be happy to know that Brock, your pal, yeah. <laughs> Radiant Barrier is going to be over at my house oh, that's the day good. after tomorrow. That's great. Yeah. Brock from uh, the other show. second is, when you were talking about the caloric counting and all that, <laughs> yeah, it dawned on me that if Mama Cass and Karen Carpenter no, no, know no, one another, no, no, they'd still be with us. Oh, thank you, Bob. Okay, and the third item is about the uh, safe form of travel. Yes, if you look at the statistics, commercial airline travel is actually number two. Yeah, the safest form of transportation is the rascal. The what? The rascal scooter? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, come on. Thank you for sharing that, Bob. Is that really true? I mean, I believe you. I believe Bob about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So So, polychondritis, what is it? uh, It's an autoimmune uh, disease, and it is genetic, and it can cause a really bad inflammation 
in the cartilages, uh, so the nose and yeah. the ears, and it's it's recurrent swelling and inflammation of the cartilage, and yeah. it's it's really tough to treat, and it's really tough, even tougher to have, because it is really really a tough thing. Yeah. Do you have it, Bob? Yes, I'm afraid I do. How do you, how okay? How what were your initial symptoms? Uh, well, first my ears started getting floppy. Oh, okay. One they didn't them, they didn't swell out. up and get red. No, not it wasn't severe at all. Mm-hmm. It was just enough to notice, mm-hmm. and one of them sticks out farther than the other one now. But the real killer was when my nose got attacked. And let me tell you, this is a three in a million occurrence. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's extremely rare. Rather, and the average time from onset of Symptoms to diagnosis is two point nine years. Yeah, because I mean, I missed so it. So few people know how yeah. to recognize. It. Did did, I, did you hear my story about when I was a, an intern? Yeah, yeah, and I admitted this guy from the emergency room at well, Johns Hopkins. Lucky. It's called the Accident Room, and I started giving him antibiotics. He had a red, tender ear, yeah. and this this is what impressed me about Johns Hopkins. This guy was a cardiologist, and he walked in. It's called the attending, so he supervised us for a month. And I gave my whole spiel and said he has cellulitis of the ear. And he looked at me and he said, Frank, that's an excellent thought. Yeah. But he has relapsing polychondritis. And so we gave him the appropriate medications initially and got it under control. Are you taking any medicine right now? Yeah, methotrexate. Yeah, does it work? And folic acid is a yeah. supplement. Um, well, yes. I, Great. I've, only, I've had in the four years, five years since I've had a diagnosis, I've had – Three flares. Okay. Do they give you prednisone for those flares? Steroids? Correct. Yeah. Dose pack, yeah. So it's an autoimmune disease, methotrexate. Yeah. It is yeah. a tremendous medicine. And it's unsung because so many people are afraid to give it. I use methotrexate not all the time, but yeah. I use methotrexate for a lot of conditions, especially refractory psoriasis. And, I mean, God, it's cheap. You don't pay much for your methotrexate, do you? How much? Yeah, you don't pay much for it, do you? I'm taking three a week. Yeah, so it's 2.5 milligram tablets. Right, yeah. And you take three of them or four of them. All right. Some I've had to go to six. And it's a great medicine because it prevents the um, reproduction um, of the um, immune cells that attack um, Bob's ear or Bob's nose. The folic acid. The reason why you give that is because with folic acid, it prevents, as a vitamin, it's a B vitamin, it prevents the other cells from being attacked by methotrexate. And so people don't use it because they're afraid of liver toxicity. you got to check the liver. Mm-hmm. And if it, there are some individuals where it really does wipe out your whole bone marrow. So how often, Bob, are you getting your blood tested uh, while taking methotrexate? Six weeks. Every six weeks. That's right. I do it every wow. month because I'm a little paranoid. But guess how many I've had to stop it on? Zero. Well, I'm paranoid of going out in public because yeah. of the immunosuppression effect. Well, let me drug. tell you, what's interesting about methotrexate is it's it's actually less of an immunosuppressive as some of the other medicines we use, like Humira. That's an injectable monoclonal antibody that attacks certain parts of our immune system. I think your doctor is way on track with the methotrexate as an initial therapy. Um, and then giving you pulses of steroids to really knock out the immune system when it comes back. Uh, you do need to be careful 
um, because, yes, you are a little more um, susceptible to other illnesses and stuff like that um, because of infectious disease being, you know, controlled, I mean, being wiped out by the immune system. So I would wash hands all the time. Um, Now, obviously, you're wearing a mask. Um, But you know what's interesting? You may actually, if you get COVID, have a less of a chance of getting the deadly part of it because your immune system is exactly what we try to do, which is prevent overreaction of the immune system. So interestingly, um, I think you've got a two-edged sword. And how are your symptoms in general? Do you, you, you only have flares every now and then. Did, did it attack you enough that you've got deformities in your nose and ear permanently? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> My nose is totally collapsed. There's like no cartilage. So you have the saddled nose deformity. Indeed, yeah. and which in turn creates a, a much bigger pressure drop across my airways, yeah. which means my breathing is labored. Yeah. Well, it can affect the trachea. You know, the trachea is that hard thing that's made out of yeah. cartilage. Yeah. Very rarely it can uh, affect the heart because there's, believe it or not, connective tissue in the heart that holds the structure together. I mean, if you didn't have connective tissue in your heart, it'd be a blob that just floats around sure. and goes, you know, blah, 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 blah. It can affect the GI tract. Um, so it, everybody thinks of it as that schnoz in the ear, but it really can uh, get you going. And it's a very difficult thing to diagnose. Now, do you see a rheumatologist or an internal medicine specialist for your problem? My primary care man at Wake Internal is a... That's a great uh, practice, by the way. of course. That's a great I practice. I see an ENT, the guy who was the first one to recognize the symptoms, uh-huh. a fellow named Douglas Holmes, uh, who's fantastic yeah. guy. Uh, and then I see a rheumatologist, Walter Shemaleski, who runs the Triangle Area, Triangle yeah. Arthritis and Rheumatism Associates. Yeah. How about eye doctor? It's very frequent that the people with your illness get cataracts. Yep, Robert Stone. I've had both eyes lenses replaced mm-hmm. already. Well, I tell you, I'm really proud of you. I mean, it's a very difficult thing to live with. It sounds like you've got a good attitude about it. Um, and, you know, it, do you feel bad going to public in terms of your nose and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. I go nowhere. Come on. You know what? Let me tell you something. Um, and it's easier for me to say. Because I'm a physician and I take care of people um, with, your, with your condition is be proud of yourself. Um, you couldn't help this. This is not your fault. And, you know, if, when people give you, you know, a hard time about it, it just, you know, what you say is it's their problem. Yeah. Not mine. Yeah, that's right. And you have people who love you and, and that's what counts. And you got us – here on the radio who recognize that you're a hero and um, living through this is extremely difficult and it sounds well, see, I like I don't see anybody at least in the last year so yeah that's right problem. that's right as far as cosmetically goes I understand I go nowhere other than in clinic in hospital and I donate blood every eight weeks well, God right. bless you good for you good and for that's, you that's the only places I go well, I tell you what, I'm going to have you come over to my house. How's that sound? <laughs> I'm not your patient. I mean, you're not my patient, so I can have you over. Yeah. Do you offer an open bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to break this up. Bob, thank you. 
God bless okay. you. You guys take care. Okay. All right. Take care of yourself. We're going to pick up with Art in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is the Heart Health Radio Network, where the telephone number is 919-860-9783. A couple of minutes from now, we're going to talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, uh, family and cosmetic dentist, and we're going to talk. He's actually my dentist. Uh, we're going to, we're not going to talk about me. We're going to talk about some of the alternatives to, uh, to CPAP. I think that's really important. So many I, people can't tolerate the mask. If he can, if he can figure out a way that yeah. I can stop wearing that mask, mm. that might be a good thing. Yeah. Art in Raleigh, you are on the radio. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Good, good. afternoon, Dr. Weefeld. Hi, how are you? Two questions. Yeah. One, my wife and I are getting our second Moderna shot this Friday. Great. She's curious to know when she can take allergy medicine. She's taking the North version of Claritin, I think. Take them. Don't even worry about it. No problem at all. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff about how, you know, all these things are going to reduce your response. They really don't. And, and, you know, I'm glad that finally Fauci has said, yeah, I was wrong. You can take Tylenol. You can take Advil. Just take them. Um, in fact, it's the best thing to do when you get a reaction. Sure. You know, I my first vaccine, piece of cake. Yeah. My second, about a day later, I got muscle aches, low-grade fever. Uh, arm discomfort. I took two Advil, two Tylenol once, and yeah. I felt better. Yeah, no, this is the allergy medicine. I'm not worried. Yeah. About I had the same reaction. We had a same s- thing. Sore shoulders. Oh, the allergies, no problem. Okay. Second question. Several months ago, or maybe it was less than that, you suggested an ointment to stop bleeding. Uh, an ointment or a, um, a uh, gauze pad? A, a, you know, bleeding of like the leg or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called, um, oh my gosh. What is Quick Clot? Q U I K C L O T. Q U I K. Yeah. C L O T. Now. L O T. And it used to be at Walmart. I've heard sometimes Walmart doesn't have it. Now, Georgia clay, believe it or not, the active ingredient is from a clay pit in Georgia. It's called calocrine. And this mineral causes your blood to clot. So it used to be the Quick Clot was a powder. And you poured it on. Well, now they've learned a way to put it on a gauze pad. Oh. Yeah. So it looks just like a regular gauze pad, but it stops clotting a lot quicker. Now, remember, you just don't put a pad on and leave it there. Pressure is the most important thing in stopping bleeding. Yes. Because okay. it, the pressure, as the platelets and the blood come to the surface, if there's pressure, it, it stops them from flowing out. Mm-hmm. And when the blood pools, it clots more simply. So if you're on warfarin, if you're on Eliquis, you will stop bleeding. And you'll stop bleeding more quickly if you put a quick clot on and you put pressure on. If you can't hold it for a long time, you ever heard of horse tape, Coban? No. You can pile a bunch of gauzes on, maybe one quick clot plus three gauzes on top and wrap it tight. You don't want to leave that on for a couple hours, okay? okay because then you'll cut off circulation. Fine. Yeah, my one incident I had, I held it with my hand till the um, the uh, medics came to check it out. So yeah, I, I think I can do that. Yeah, you can get it on that, um, Amazon. Very good. You can get it on Amazon. Art, okay, thank well, that, you. You answered both my questions. Great. So have a have a great day. More you glad, too. I'm so glad you glad called. Glad we helped you out. Thank you, Art. I appreciate your your phone call.
So statin's good for me, huh? Oh, yeah. My statin, yeah. uh, I take uh, a Torvastatin. Yeah. It's not only good for my heart. Yeah, it's or good for, for your heart in two ways, but yeah. it's also good, apparently, for COVID. It's it, fantastic. Really? Yes. And there's a reason why. Not the, the statin. Okay, you give somebody a statin who's had a heart attack, and within a month, yeah. you have a lower risk of another heart attack. Now, that can't be from cholesterol, right? Right. Because the cholesterol builds up slowly and it goes away slowly. Right. They found that one of the best things that a statin does is reduce inflammation because we talked about it before. Inflammation in the artery, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the plaque, causes it to crack and form a clot. So right. when you reduce inflammation, you reduce the risk of a heart attack. Now, what is wrong with covid in terms of a serious illness. It hijacks your immune system and pours out cytokines and causes the inflammation to go up. Apparently, the anti-inflammatory effect of a statin that helps the heart also affects how COVID can get you. And in some, in some studies, there's a 50% less chance of having serious COVID right. if you take a statin. I'm... Uh... See, now, along with this whole idea, statin is one of the drugs I take yeah. to prevent well, take what it. I've got now. I take one. What, what, but I've got cholesterol. I've got buildup. So do I. And I used to have buildup. Right. You used to have Mine's buildup. Mine's gone. We don't have time to dig into it, but I, we're going to – doctors been giving me some advice. As you may know, I'm having heart surgery. They used to call it open heart surgery. Is, is that the phrase? Um, what would I say? I, mean, I would say that you're having coronary revascularization thank you. via a surgical approach. Good. Yes. With okay. a saw and a, and a knife. And a knife. And anyway, <laughs> oh, he anyway, just, he he just gave had me, a pucker. I know. I did. This is terrible. <laughs> We're going to – he's going to give me some advice on the air in just a little bit. And I yeah. want to talk about – Never, ever going through this again because some people have gone through this yeah. more than once. Yeah. You know, you know what and, the, the, the uh, well, number one thing in terms of uh, short-term yeah. um, efficacy and survival? Quality of the surgery. Okay. We'll talk about that. We're t- going to talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann in just a little bit and uh, a whole lot more, including new iPhones causing some trouble. That's next. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. You can listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com on your schedule. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald, and on the line with us is Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, who is a, a dentist and, and operates a, a family and cosmetic dentistry practice uh, in the Raleigh area. And I'm having a hard time pushing the button to get Dr. Mann on the radio. Thank you. Dr. Mann, hi, first of Hello. all. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. I am so glad to have you on. First of all, I want to tell you that Dr. A in your practice uh, in Fuquay did, did very well with my teeth. Oh, well, good. And you're great. We're, we're, well, we're listen, what is Dr. A's real name? Together. 
What is Dr. A's real name? It's fairly long. Oh, uh, well, his name is Dr. Daniel Amaradakis. Amaradakis. Greek. Greek? But he, uh, but he grew up in Brazil. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's, he's, a, he's a kind of like me, half Chinese, half Norwegian, yeah. all crazy. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Mann, there's two things I've, I think we want to talk about. You've got some sort of solution for me to get rid of my CPAP machine because I've got this sleep apnea. Is there a dental solution? Yes, there is. And, you know, the CPAP is a very good machine if you can get used to it because it treats uh, sleep apnea. Basically, what sleep apnea is is when your airway closes off and it uh, restricts the amount of oxygen that you're able to get at night. Um, a lot of people are undiagnosed with sleep apnea, right. and a lot of people are uh, have been diagnosed. They're, they don't comply with their CPAP, or they're scared and they don't move forward with the CPAP because they know they, they probably won't use it. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we make a dental appliance called a mandibular advancement device, and what that does is it's it moves your lower jaw slightly outward. And right. what that does is that opens up your airway and it tightens the tissue in the back of your throat that closes you off at night. A lot of times when we sleep on our back, which is the number one position that we see obstructive sleep apnea, um, your lower jaw tends to want to fall backwards, if you can imagine, due to gravity um, yeah. and, and the fact that our joints relax. And uh, when it falls back, it pushes your tongue and all that soft tissue to the back of your throat. Right. Well, when that closes your throat off, the amount of oxygen you get can go down, and that's uh, called hypopnea. That means when you're not getting enough, enough oxygen. And apnea is when it completely closes off, and you're not getting any oxygen. So you can imagine trying to hold your breath for 30 seconds to a minute, okay? Well, if you're doing that multiple times during any given hour um, throughout the night, an eight-hour uh sleep time, you're you're putting your uh, heart through a lot of stress. Oh, it's so terrible. Your on the heart, heart is what sends yeah. oxygen throughout your body. Yeah. And so when there's a little amount of oxygen, your SpO2 or your oxygen saturation in your blood drops to a level that tells your brain to, hey, I need to get that heart to start beating faster so we can get oxygen to all the cells in the brain and the tissue. And so your heart starts working harder. So we see an increase with cardiac events for those people who have sleep apnea that don't treat it, either with an appliance or with the CPAP. Yeah. There are studies that show if you go uh, with sleep apnea untreated, it takes about 12 to 15 years off your life. So it's one of those things uh, that, that we really uh, need to, and a lot of doctors are more trained now, um, to recognize that uh, there are a lot of comorbidities associated with sleep apnea. Dr. Mann, now... This will this prevent me from snoring? Absolutely, yeah. One of really? the uh, things that causes snoring is that soft tissue I talked about in the back right. of the throat. So when when the air is being forced over that soft tissue, that is what creates the snoring sound. And so that's air trying to be forced down into your lungs through that narrow air passage. Is this so a uh, doctor man? Is this something that I need to be fitted for, or is this? Yeah, so every it, it fits over your teeth, yeah. like a uh, an appliance, like a uh, a mouth guard would would fit over your teeth. And we the good thing about today's technology is we can three D print this, so it's very thin. That is so but, cool. Um, there's an upper appliance and a lower appliance, and it actually holds that lower jaw out. We can actually titrate it out about a half a millimeter at a time until we get to the position where you're not snoring 
and you don't have apnea anymore. So you like titrate it. You move it up a little, see if it works, move it up a little more. Well, what we do is we have something called a volume aerometric system. Uh-huh. We can actually determine tear side where we want to set it to begin with. And that's usually in about 90% accurate. Most mm-hmm. people, we don't have to move it forward after that. Wow. Um, you don't want to randomly just start at a place. You want to know exactly close to where the patient um, can breathe properly. Mm-hmm. And we do that by sitting them back in the chair, having them, having them positioned on their back. And then we put these little aerometric uh, blocks in their mouth with their jaw forward. And also we open them up slightly vertically. And we have them breathe in, and we can determine where they need to be so that when we make that appliance, they start at that position. But if we do need to move it forward, then we can titrate it out. Well, listen, I'm really glad because let me uh, that we have you on the show because I'm going to tell you, I don't have any, I don't know any, any dentists who will even look at this for my patients. I mean, I mean, you're probably one of the few that really have a practice bent on this. Is that correct? Yeah, well, well I think the American Dental Association um, has really pushed um, in this past given year that, that dentists start screening for it. And, of course, you know how it is in any uh, medical field. Uh, it, it, it takes a while for, for everyone to get aboard. I've been screening for sleep apnea now for about eight years. Yeah. And because I'm looking in the mouth and I can see it with uh, yeah. enlarged tongues. And uh, a lot of people with uh, with sleep apnea will have striations on the side of their tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the malum petty is a four, three or four. You know they're not breathing. A lot of obesity. So we've been screening for it now, but I think the American Dental Association is playing a big part, and hopefully within the next three to five years, most dentists will be screening for it. Fantastic. All right, so the website is Smile Man. Be aware that Dr. Man's name, his last name, ends with two N's. So well, that's, Smile that's Man. That's not unusual. No, well, I'm just saying, if you want to go to oh, the website. Smile Man. Smile Man, you're right. Smileman.com. Um, and Dr. Mann, you've got offices in Fuquay. You've got, you're also where else? In Cary, Garner, and Fuquay. Very good. All right. Thank you, Dr. Mann. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. I'm glad for the updates. Thank uh, you so much. Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. Again, smileman.com. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing the chip on my tooth, the tiny chip on one of my teeth. He's going to be doing my final cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they did a a full deep clean on my teeth, and oh, I'm going to get Hollywood teeth. I'm going to get I'm getting Hollywood white on my teeth. Ooh, yeah, I'm getting the laser. It'll uh, be as nice as mine. Nearly as nice as yeah. your smile. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm, thank you, Doctor Man. Telephone number around here at uh, the uh, Radio Ranch is nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three of the Heart Health Radio Network. So I'm going to have some work done. Yeah. I'm going to have have this heart thing fixed. Uh-huh. I have, believe it or not, a clog, which is a hundred percent. I yeah. have, I have a hundred percent. And how is it blockage. that your heart's still alive? How am I still walking around? Yeah. Okay, so most of the time, the blood throws northward. I mean, forward through yeah. three arteries. Sure, the right coronary artery comes off the aorta on the right side. And as the heart pumps, most of the blood goes out through the big pipe, the aorta. Uh-huh. 
But some of it sneaks down this artery on the right. Some of it sneaks into the left main uh-huh. and goes into the artery down the front of the heart called the left anterior descending mm-hmm. and then around the left side called the circumflex. Well, sure. When an artery gets blocked, believe it or not, you can self-bypass. Now, that doesn't mean that your body you know, opens up and does that no. and does the bypass surgery on its own. There's something called a collateral vessel. And the interesting thing, some people get them and yeah. some people don't. Uh-huh. And some doctors think that they're there or they're not there. In other words, they just pop open because you happen to be genetically predisposed to have an artery open from, say, the left anterior descending. Your right occludes. Little branches connect to the right, and then the right flows backwards from the forward blood flow in the other artery. Now, some people think they grow, okay, so that when you have a blocked artery and there's not enough blood flow to that back part of the heart or some other part of the heart, Uh it causes the blood vessels that are okay to start creeping along. You think? And feed. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that I have a lot of patients with collaterals. Okay. Now, just because you have a collateral doesn't mean that you're bypassed. Most collaterals are not strong enough to feed that artery that is occluded. Okay. So I bet you dollars to donuts he's going to bypass that vessel. Well, let's not talk about donuts since this that's my that's my uh, my second thing here. The second thing is how do I avoid having this ever happen again? I mean, I'm going okay. through this. Yeah. It's going to be on the 19th of this month. I'm going to have major surgery. They're going to open up my sternum. Don't do the sound of the the saw. How about how about the beeswax? No, there? and then yeah, and they're going to put beeswax to hold the bone marrow in there. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then they're going to close me up, and I'm going to be yeah, okay. metal wires. I'm going to be again. fine. You're going to be great. How do I? Be fine 10 years from now because I plan to live at least that long. All right. Talk about medicines. 81 milligrams of aspirin every day. Yes. And that prevents, for the most part, clots from forming and blocking off your new bypasses. Okay. And then exercise. And so what you're going to do is you're going to walk 40 to 45 minutes, five times a week. The more you exercise, the more quickly the blood flows through these bypasses and causes them to actually turn into arteries. Um, they get thicker. They have muscular layers that develop, and they don't clog the more you exercise. Now, I think the most important thing are two, um, yeah. keeping your blood pressure 120 over 80, I mean normal, and then I want that A1C 6.8. I don't want it below that. Now, what's the A1C? <sighs> That's a long-term measure of your diabetic control. Sugar will, in your bloodstream, excess glucose, will modify the hemoglobin. It'll attach to the hemoglobin. That's your carrier of oxygen. So they can measure how much of your hemoglobin has a sugar molecule on it, and that's called the A1C, hemoglobin A1C. Right. And so normal, mine's 5.2. Okay, it's really good because I don't have – a problem with getting right. sugar out of my bloodstream. You people Dave, with a working yeah. pancreas. Well, no, what it is, you, no, it's not the, it's not your pancreas. You no. make insulin. Okay. Your pancreas may not make a lot of insulin in response to the sugar levels, mm-hmm. but your insulin doesn't work well. You have what's called insulin resistance. Your body doesn't respond to your insulin. Okay. So pouring more insulin in your body 
is not a good thing because it makes you fat. The more insulin you have, the more it's turned into fat cells. So what you need to do is change your diet so you're really no-knowing. And by that, I mean no white flour, no sugar, no white potatoes, no white rice. As much as you can tolerate. Maybe I'll give you a couple days off a, a month. You know, maybe have you know a little yeah. bit of spaghetti once a month. I just but want a sandwich every now and then. Every now and then. That's fine. Okay. But greens and meat are what you're going to eat because oh, great. you have a problem. Now, the other thing I'm going to recommend, yeah. and I can't recommend it for you because I can't do this on the air. Yeah. But suppose I have someone like you, um, and yeah. if you tolerated, it would Good be looking. a GLP-1 inhibitor. GLP-1. I mean, agonist, it's not inhibitor. Um, it is a, a compound in your body that makes your own insulin work right. Yeah. So the brand names are Trulicity, Ozempic, um, Bidurion. Right. And at doses that are high enough now, we, we used to think 1.5 milligrams of Trulicity was the highest dose. We go to 3 now and 4.5. Get that sugar under control. And what do you, you know your number, your LDL number? What is your LDL? Uh, my LDL? Low no, I don't dense, know. I don't. Okay, know. you need to know three numbers. Yes. Your blood pressure numbers. Uh huh. Your hemoglobin A1C number. Uh huh. Oh, I have four numbers. And your LDL number and your BMI, your body mass index. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that is now? No, I don't know. Oh, man. Haven't I touched anything in two years? Body mass index. Right. So that's I your know that my. Wait a minute. I know that my insurance company for my weight thinks that I should be six foot four. Yeah. Okay. So body mass index, anything greater than 35 is morbidly obese. Yeah. Anything greater than 30 is obese. What you want it is around 25, 24. You don't want to be as skinny as they say. I don't think that's right. But you need yeah. to know your okay. blood pressure, your A1C, yeah. your LDL cholesterol, and your body mass index. Oh, boy. And then you're going to report to me every yes. week. Okay. And if you're not where I want you, once your sternum's healed, you're going to drop and give me 20. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't give you four. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop and drop and give sir, you. Sir, yes, sir. Drop and give me twenty. Okay. All right. Listen. You can listen to your listen to Heart Health Radio by listening here on the radio or at Apple Podcasts. Do us a favor and check us out on Apple Podcasts, or just go to hearthealthradio.com. There's a link. You can hear the show. Heart Health Radio on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and down, throw my head back and down. Come on now, don't forget to say This is Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefold, who we shout now. Well, I, you know, we've been talking about Dave's surgery. I really want to shout out the surgeon, uh, Dr. Brian Bolton. Uh, I've known him for about seven years. We've had very complex cases together. Yeah. And Dave taught me something about Dr. Bolton's practice and that he can do off-pump surgery. Yeah. And also do vein grafts instead of just the internal mammary. So I was mistaken. Mm-hmm. So Dave is not going to have... His aorta squeeze shut and all the blood taken out and put through a rigor, literally. That's right. I don't want that. And I think that's great because there is definitely a lower risk of complications uh, to the brain especially. So I think Dave's going to come back with maybe only two or three IQ points down. Yeah, that's good. You know, 
That's good. But I have to do one thing because <laughs> Dave doesn't like this. No. But when they cut a sternum moment, it's going to go. It's, it's really painful. You should see this guy. Really, I hate that. He hates that noise. Well, who wouldn't? But no, I don't, I don't mind it. You know, I, I don't like it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, there is something in the news about some way to get rid of migraines. Yeah. So let's talk about what hap- goes around, comes around. So yeah. there is something called the patent for Raymond O'Valley. So what is that? In the top part of the heart, between the right and left ventricle, when you were a fetus, you didn't need to breathe, right? So yeah. I talked before about that. I, I don't know. I was too young to remember. Yeah, okay. So the blood is supposed to go from the body into the right heart, down into the, from the right atrium, down to the right heart, and get pumped to the lungs. Well, if you're sitting there and you're the astronaut on an umbilical cord, the red blood <laughs> is coming from the, um, the placenta up the artery called the umbilical artery. So there's actually red blood in a fetus coming into the right ventricle. And so you don't need to pump it to the lungs. So there is something called the foramen ovale. And it goes shooting across from the right atrium into the left atrium and then out to the body. So it is bypassing the right ventricle. Now, right. some blood still goes to the right ventricle, but the red blood goes through. Well, after you're born... There's a membrane that flops down and it sticks to that hole and it's closed. Right. In 99.99% of people. But in some people, it never closes. Now, it doesn't close completely, but it closes for the most part. Well, when I was just getting started in cardiology, if somebody came to me with a migraine headache, we would check on uh, an ultrasound, a special kind of ultrasound called a bubble study to see yeah. if bubbles would cross that little. Um, uh, area between the right and the left atria. And then if it were bubbling through, indicative, indicative excuse me, of a patent for Raymond O'Valley, we would send them first to surgery. And it's a pretty simple operation. They just open up your chest and put a couple stitches in and close you back up. Yeah. Because we were taught at that time that it relieved headaches. It relieved the migraine. Why? This is something in your heart? Yeah. Because when the blood normally flows through the lungs, you remember how the the kidneys are filters of poisons. Yeah. And the liver is filters of poisons. Yeah. Well, it's thought that the lung filtered out some of these poisons that would lead to migraine headaches. Well, then guess what? What? They told us not to do it anymore because it didn't work. Okay. Okay. But now guess what? You're doing it again. With better studies that are conducted more thoroughly, it looks like it works. And the great thing about it is now, and you could, you know, 20 years ago when I got started in this business, you can go through the leg and pop an umbrella across the uh, hole from the right heart to the left heart, open up the umbrella, and it straddles the hole and closes it, and eventually your body covers it over with tissue. So there's a 50% chance that you're going to have no headaches, and there is an even greater chance you're going to have fewer headaches. So if you have migraine headaches, it is now recommended that you find out if you have this hole in your heart. And if you do, it's now recommended you have the umbrella closure. So, you know, talk to your doctor if you're a bad migraine person. Now, of course, there are new, really good migraine medicines. But having a patent frame in Ovalley gives you a slightly higher risk of stroke because little clots can come from the right side of your body, cross over that hole, and go up to your brain. So that's another reason to think about it.
and having a dog. So somebody's having chronic migraines all the time, and you're suggesting that they, heart surgery? No. I'm suggesting that they have an ultrasound of their heart. Okay. All right. And find out if they have a patent foramen ovale, and then discuss it with their well, you, of course. neurologist well, and yeah. their cardiologist or their internal medicine specialist or whatever, and think about it and have he or she, um, their doctors, look up the data and come to a conclusion as to whether it's the right thing for you. Makes It's amazing stuff. Um, and we used to do it all the time. And then they told us, ah, it doesn't work. Now they're telling us it works. So I'm okay. a big believer in it. You, you guys in medicine, it's almost like, you know, there's advances all the time and you got to stay up on things. Absolutely. So um, how do you do it? Uh, I get a bunch of news feeds for the heart and mm-hmm. for everything else. And so I learn stuff every day uh, and I share it with my colleagues. So um, I have about 100 colleagues. I used to do it via um, – what's that thing called? LinkedIn. Yeah. And then there's Doximity. And Doximity is great. You have to be – it's like the LinkedIn for physicians. Really? And I, I check Doximity all the time. And then I check Medscape and they get feeds to me. But yeah. what's really great about the iPhone yeah. is the messaging system. I mean I message you how many times a day. I stop messaging you, you at 5 a.m. Yeah, thank you. Okay. My wife says but thank I you. But I stop that. But I can send stuff through the uh, iPhone on the text messaging thing. Now, what about iPhone? What do they do to you? Well, apparently now they want to get rid of my favorite thing, which are the plugs. I like plugging in my iPhone and charging it while I can hold it. So I buy these these little chargers that you plug into the wall and then you can take them and connect them with a thing and you charge it up. Now they want to make it all magnetic and magneto charging. So they've got these iPhone 12s with really powerful magnets on the back. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the problem? If you've got a defibrillator and you hold that iPhone near your defibrillator, it turns off your defibrillator. So, for example, suppose you're going to have surgery and you have a defibrillator. Well, have you ever heard of a Bovi? No. Can I make the noise? Sure. Okay. It is an, a radio frequency device that cauterizes the bleeding stuff, the veins and the arterioles. So what I would make, do a pacemaker, I have a little bovie and beep, 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 and I would um, turn off, I mean, I would um, uh, obliterate the bleeding veins. Well, a defibrillator can read that bovie signal as a problem with your heart because the heart is powered by electricity. Sure. And it can go zap and fire onto your heart because it thinks you're having a ventricular fibrillation episode. So you put a magnet over the defibrillator at the time of surgery, and it turns off those circuits. And you're safe because if you go into V-fib, you're in the operating room. They can just sure. take the magnet off and boom, you go. Well, if you put your iPhone near the iPhone 12, it's the only one with a powerful magnet, you can use that magnet to turn off your defibrillator. Now, it's, it, it, would it be a problem only if you're having a trouble a problem? Like well, a heart I mean, okay. attack? It's very rare. That Very you well. have a problem, but you can still turn it off, and there may be that particular time when yeah. you need it. That's right. So okay, it's so not going to give you a shock. Keep your iPhone 12 away, away from, from your, your defibrillator. Defibrillator. Now that means a very small number of people, and that is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.